So uh, Pastor Dan has been uh, kind of reading through um, the lectionary. The lectionary is a, a three-year scripture study that uh, when pastors follow the lectionary, then they cover pretty much all the important scriptures that we need to know, need to talk about and discuss. Um, so it's a, a three-year study that uh, goes along with the Christian seasons like Christmas and Advent, Lent and Easter. Um, so continuing along with that, we're... Uh, we're going to read from Luke chapter 2 this morning. Um, one of, there's a kind of an odd thing, though, that happens when you follow the lectionary, because they're all, this was all written and lined up years, centuries ago. And so every once in a while, you get a scripture that may not seem quite like it fits where you're reading it and talking about it. For example, yesterday, Jesus was born, right, on Christmas Day, a baby lying in a manger, and in today's scripture, he's 12 years old already. So, so sometimes we're like, oh, that don't line up quite right. But, uh, but this is our scripture this morning. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse number 41. It says, every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. And this is a... In the scripture, we are already, we, it's kind of starting to get a glimpse through here. Uh, Luke's the only one that talks about anything about Jesus' life. And this scripture right here is, the, is about the only one that we see between birth and, and Jesus being baptized and beginning his ministry. Luke's the only one that puts this little story in his gospel. And so we kind of get a glimpse of what family life, what life growing up for Jesus was like. And we see already every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. Already we see he grew up in a family that was faithful to their traditions, faithful to upholding the, uh, the requirements of the Jewish people to go and celebrate Passover every year in Jerusalem. But when he was 12, they went up according to the custom. There was a custom back then that when the child uh, was eight, year, eight days old, in Luke chapter 20, or verse 21, we actually read that on the eighth day, Jesus was circumcised. This was something from long ago with Abraham. God was saying, I'm going to make a covenant with you, with Abraham, Father Abraham. And, and he says, this will be the sign of our covenant. This, the sign will be that all males will be circumcised at eight days old. And this is the sign. It was a physical sign that these are the people of God. This is the family of God. And so when the boy was an infant, they would do this procedure, and this was a sign that we are going to raise him up in the family of God at eight days old. But then when the child was 12 years old, this is when they would start to become an adult. In their culture, this was the time where they started to become a young man or a young woman. This was a time when they would start to, instead of just their parents raising them up in the faith, now this is where they start to take ownership of their own faith. This is where they start to take on... Uh, you know, they're on the cusp of becoming an adult. Now, in life, they're starting to learn, maybe for males, they're starting to learn their father's trade. If their father's a carpenter, say, like Joseph was, then their son would start to learn how to be a carpenter. And they would start to learn what it means to be an adult living in this world as God's people, as God's family of people. There's kind of a neat thing that we have in our church that's very similar to this. There's something we do with an infant when they're just maybe a few days old or not very old. And then later in life, there's some place where they come and they make their own profession of faith. They take ownership of their own faith. Has anybody heard of anything like this that we do? 
something with water maybe is involved. That's what we do as baptism. This is kind of the new sign of this new covenant that we have with God. God says, I will be your God, and we say, we are your people through Jesus Christ. We don't have a surgical procedure, thank goodness, that we have to do uh, for this to happen. We just have water. There's a ceremonial washing where we say, this child is going to be brought up in the family of God, and we're going to teach them the ways of faith. We're going to teach them how to, how to live and love God and how to live and love others like Christ. And we raise them up, and when they reach a certain age, then they take ownership of that faith. This is now, you're on the cusp of becoming an adult. This is now your opportunity to stand and say, I believe that God is real. I believe Jesus Christ is my Savior, and I'm going to walk in this faith. I'm going to continue on this path. It's this wonderful kind of look at how Jesus was brought up and this reminder of kind of how we raise our kids up in the church, in the traditions of the church. Coming to special celebrations, maybe on Christmas Eve, maybe on Christmas morning before you open presents, a tradition that we have at our house is we read Luke chapter 2. At some point, before you open a present, you're going to read Luke chapter 2. You don't get a present until we talk about baby Jesus in our house. So we have our traditions, and we uphold those. And our kids grow in these hoping that as they continue on into their adulthood, they continue on in faith and trust in God through Jesus Christ. So there's this wonderful illustration of how Jesus' upbringing is similar to the way we raise our kids in the United Methodist Church today. So when he was 12, they went to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. They began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw, them, or saw him, they were astonished. Now, there ought to be a little side note in here because they were astonished, but they were pretty upset too. They weren't very happy. His mother, Mary, said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he said. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Other translations say, why are you searching for me? Didn't you know I must be about my father's business? Verse 50, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his, mo his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. This is the holy word of our holy God. Amen. So in this little story, we're kind of given a glimpse of Jesus' life growing up, what it was like for him and for his, uh, for his family, that they were faithful um, to uphold the traditions. Um, we see that they cared a lot for him. If they're going to spend three days looking for, for this kid that they can't seem to find in Jerusalem, they're running all over trying to find him. But they spent three days looking for him, and then they were upset. You know, Finally, they found him. 
what are you thinking? Where have you been? Why did you put us through all of this? You should have been right there with us, you know? And, and, uh, and so we see how much they care for Jesus, you know, as his parents, right? And raising him in this world. But we also see Jesus' understanding, he's got a different purpose than all the other 12-year-olds that are running around at that time. Or really, different purpose than all the other 12-year-olds throughout all of history, right? One of the questions that, uh, that I hear fairly often is, when did Jesus know? Uh, adults and youth, this is one of the questions I'll, I'll hear every once in a while. When did Jesus know that he was Jesus? When did he know he's the one that's supposed to do all of this stuff that God had planned for him? When did he know? Well, I think in some way, maybe he kind of always knew. Um, in verse number 40, the right before the one we started reading, it says, As a child, he grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So probably as he grew, he just kind of always knew there's something different about him. He's got a different purpose than most other people or all the other people. And, of course, probably hearing, hearing the story of, of his conception and how he was born and all the things that happened, you know, early on in Luke chapter 2, before, you know, when he was a, Mary had the angels talking to him. Joseph had angels talking to him that we learn about in Matthew. All of these things that took place as he's learning about these, well, that didn't happen with the other kids. None of his friends had angels come to their mom and say, hey, guess what? You're going to have a child. And none of his buddies had their dad tell him about wise men bringing gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Something's different about his upbringing and about his birth and just about him. So I think he probably grew up always kind of knowing something was different. But here in in these verses, we see definitely by age 12, he already had this understanding that something's different about him as he's about to become this, this adult. Mary says, we've been searching for you. Your father and I are searching for you anxiously. But he says, didn't you know I must be in my father's house with my, being about my father's business? Now, we know right what he's talking about. Because as we read that, we can see Mary saying, your father and I, and that's got a lowercase f. So we know when Jesus says, I need to be in my father's house with a capital F, we got it right away. Oh, she's talking about Joseph, and he's talking about God. Two different fathers, right? We get it right away. Apparently, Mary didn't have the written out version to see that capital letter F. Because in verse 50, it says, she didn't understand what he was talking about. <laughs> So she's confused about all of this. And I have to think, this, as I read that, I thought, well, how is she confused by all of this? I mean, for the mothers that are here, you remember the birth of your children, and they all have their own special circumstances. Some of them, maybe you got to the hospital, and hours and hours and hours later is when it all finally happened. Or others, maybe you were on the way to the hospital thinking, we're not even going to make it to the hospital. we got to get going. You know, they've all got their little stories. They've all got their little nuances and how your children came into this world. But Mary's story is so different than everybody else. How could she not understand what Jesus was talking about here? That he had to be in his father's house. He had to be in the temple learning. He's a, about to become an adult He's about to take his place within the family of God. 
This was the time that you would learn the family business, right? Well, maybe he's thinking as a 12-year-old, I'm not supposed to be learning to be a carpenter. My father is in heaven. I've got a heavenly father. I'm supposed to be learning my father's business. And you learn that in the temple, not driving nails and cutting boards. But Mary didn't understand that. She was confused by that, apparently. And I thought, how in the world? I mean, just yesterday, Jesus was born a baby in a manger. We just celebrated that yesterday, right? And, and it wasn't that long ago that, that we talked about angels appearing to Mary. You know, it's, this has all just happened, right? No, no. For Mary, this was all 12 years ago. For Joseph, this all happened 12 years ago. And a lot's happened since then. Since all of that happened with the, with the miraculous conception and birth, the wonderful story, there was a lot of diapers in between there. There was a lot of watching him learn to walk, teaching him words, just like you do with other infants. There's this story where the, the wise men come and bring those gifts, but then an angel appears to Joseph. If you remember this story, an angel appears to Joseph and says, you need to flee. You need to go to Egypt because Herod is actually trying to kill your son. And so they flee to Egypt, and they go, and they're there for a while. And then the angel appears to Joseph again and says, it's okay, now you can move back to Nazareth. So they move. And he's a carpenter, providing for his family, working hard day after day, going through his daily routines as a carpenter, providing for his family, trying to make ends meet in a very harsh environment for Jewish people. Oh, and they also had other kids, too. We learn later in Luke and in Matthew that, Jesus had many brothers and sisters. So here's this couple, Joseph and Mary. They're raising Jesus, raising their other kids, going about their daily routines, teaching their kids how to, to grow up in the faith, believing and trusting in God, trying to make ends meet in this rough society that they lived in. Day after day, day after day. Maybe somewhere along the way, they, they always knew, yes, he's special. There's a different purpose for him. I don't think they completely forgot the story of, you know, I don't think uh, Mary forgot that the angel said he's going to sit on the throne of Jacob and his kingdom will, will never end. I don't think she forgot those words. But I think just in this time of raising a family, being a family, probably just had this wonderful development as a family. Here's Joseph, carpenter, providing for his family, and Joseph was the dad during this time. Joseph's the one that helped him learn how to walk, helped him learn how to talk. Joseph's the one that was there teaching him how to become a, this young man that he has already become. Joseph was dad up until this point. So when, Mary, or when Jesus says, I must be in my father's house, or I must be about my father's business, it's no wonder she was confused. Well, this is our family, our little family that we've got that we're providing for, and we're watching them all grow up, brothers and sisters, loving each other or not loving each other sometimes. But we're all growing up, watching this happen. And besides, the Messiah they're looking for is this warrior king, right? He's supposed to redeem Israel and rescue them, pull them out of this oppression. You can't do that at 12 years old. You need to be a full-grown adult to do that, to be this warrior king that's going to lead a military Israel to world prominence. They just kind of, in the routines of life, 
raising kids, working, trying to provide, being faithful to God, raising their kids in the faith, they just somehow kind of lost maybe the point of what's happening here. Jesus is starting to understand his purpose in the world is different than other people's purpose in the world. So here we are, Christians. Here we are, believers. If we're here this morning, then there's something we're here, there's a reason we're here, right? We're here searching for Christ. We're here because we want Jesus to be present in our lives. This God that is here with us, we want God to be here with us in our lives, helping guide us through our decisions throughout the day, helping us to be kind when maybe we don't want to be kind, helping us to recognize this person that is in need and I'm busy and I don't have time, but maybe I need to take time because this person is in need. We're here because we want Jesus to be present with us, guiding us to be the family of God in this world, the people of God, bringing God's goodness and love and kindness into this world around us. That's why we're here this morning or joining online. We're here because we love that through Jesus Christ we have peace, joy, love, and hope. And in some way, we want to be those people that are sharing that with others around us. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes that we, God's beloved people in Christ, are set apart for the purpose of bringing peace and kindness and goodness and love into our world. This is who we are. We're carpenters. We're businessmen and women. We are teachers. We are pastors. We work in many different places, but ultimately, more importantly, who we are in this world, we are the family of God. And we bring our infants and we say, we believe that God's grace is upon this child. And we want this child to grow in wisdom, spiritual wisdom, as well as mental wisdom. We want this child to grow in God's grace. We want them to grow in faith and trust and belief in God so that when they become an adult, they won't feel ever like they are alone in this world. When they grow up and they experience the brokenness that this world has to offer, they will know there is something that gives them hope beyond the brokenness. When they are here and there's a moment where they are not really all that joyful, there's a moment when things just don't feel so merry and bright, there is still rejoicing in the fact that we have a God who loves us, a Savior who is here with us. We bring our children forward and say, we're going to raise them to believe and trust in this God that is always present with us all the time. And by our faith, we are able to have this wonderful relationship that no matter what's happening in life around us, there is joy to be had within us because God is here. This is a wonderful scripture about Jesus' life growing up. It's a wonderful reminder to us that whatever we're facing, we are the family of God. We are the people of God. And God is always present with us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But we are also a people set apart for a special purpose in this world. We are a people who are set apart specifically to bring peace and kindness and goodness and love into this world. And even more specifically, 
into this community. So how do we do that? Maybe we do it one jar of peanut butter at a time. Maybe we do it by saying, I'm not too busy to show kindness. I'll take this moment. And then we realize that was the most important moment of our day. It's not too hard in this celebration of that God is here with us to see brokenness and hopelessness are abounding in our world. We, the family of God, are supposed to bring this good news that God is here through Jesus Christ. Not just for us. Here this morning celebrating, but for all humanity, God is here. Bringing joy, bringing peace and love and hope to all the world. That's our, world, that's our news that we have to share. So as we begin this new year, as we begin looking forward at to 2022, maybe this could be a year where we resolve to bring the goodness and love of Christ in mightier ways than we ever have before into this community and see what difference that might make. Maybe we can resolve to the best of our capabilities to show the love of Christ always, wherever we are, as the people of God led by Jesus Christ. I think that would be a good resolution. Amen.